Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. We are going to talk about being a good listener um, and some ways and some keys that make up a good listener and how we can just be better with that in our lives. So some of us always think or think that we're good listeners and some of us know that we can be better. So let's jump into this topic. Obviously, we made a list here of some of the key things that we believe go into being a good listener. We're going to go through and uh, discuss all of them. First on the list, we've got creating a safe environment. Now, that can mean a couple of different things to different people, but in your mind, Paul, what does it mean to create a safe environment? It means one way, I would say, uh, to not have a blanket statement would be to set some ground rules, mm-hmm. especially if the topic is of importance. It would be good to, with your partner, just establish um step away from life, a a place where you can focus on each other and focus on the topic, but also ground rule that would be good is just to not have a place where emotions may be already heightened if you can help it. Obviously life happens and you never know what situations you're going to run into, but sometimes if you can even step back, if things get emotional and say, hey, let's reset, step back for maybe five or 10 minutes and then come back to address whatever that is would allow you to be good, a good listener. And letting your partner know just within your time and your marriage that, hey, you can come to me with anything and just reassuring that with throughout your marriage that. We can talk about anything. Nothing is off limits. I'm here for you. And and showing that you have your best, their best needs at heart, that would just automatically create a safe space when something comes up that your partner would be open to sharing it with you and being vulnerable. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. That last point you made there is, I guess, key for me in creating a safe place. You want to make sure that they can say whatever it is that they need to say, especially without you. If it's something that makes you angry, jumping down their throat. If it is something. So I have this conversation with my daughter. I I try to let her know that anything that happens, even if it's something that she thinks that she's going to get in trouble for, Mm -hmm. it's okay to come and tell us. Because especially if you're in a situation where you need help, I need her to be able to tell us, hey, Here's what happened. Me and my friends did this X, Y, and Z. I know I'm probably going to get in trouble for it, but I am concerned about the safety of this friend or something along those lines or this happened. I might be concerned for my safety. So we can then step in and take care of whatever the situation is. And I think having that same sort of safe space with your spouse is just to take your word again, paramount. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And that, it, like you said, those expectations, setting those or those ground rules before really just automatically as you work on those it just allows topics to flow easier and i think a way to create a safe environment is to come up with a way to if it's something of importance to like really let that be known up front so that people can move into another key which is to clear away distractions and reframe the mind like okay this is important let me stop everything and really focus so do you have anything else to say on that first one or i can keep talking about this <laughs> no keep close that's okay. a good segue yeah yeah the second or the next key would be to clear distractions like i said really focusing putting down if you can any screens large or small whether it be the 72 inch 4k liquid fluid tv 
all the way down to tablets, laptops, phones, any of those things, because that really allows people to feel important and like they are the center of your attention and that the conversation can really flow. So any other steps or keys to clear away distractions? Yeah. I would say a big part of that might be to show the other person your action in doing so. I learned this in business, leading by example, by even just saying, hey, I'm going to turn my phone off right now just so I can give you my full attention. And then that way they could even follow you and take the same step. Just letting them know that, listen, here's the step I'm going to take to show you that you are the priority right now. That's been right. a big thing in my relationship. And I'm sure a big thing in most people's relationships when dealing with my wife, she wants to know that she's the priority always. And so the more examples I can give her of that, the better she receives what I have to say. And if I'm trying to put myself into listening mode, just eliminating the distractions, however many they may be, you know, it's definitely going to have her more easily move into, I guess what I'm trying to say is move into uh, a space of communication, of open communication. Right. Yeah, that's good. That allows the person to feel, it allows your wife to feel like we can have this conversation and there be good input put or something. If they need it, they feel like you're going to actually take the time to be thoughtful in your response by just putting everything away to really hone in on what, what's being discussed. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, definitely. Like and then our next where you've got here, a key would be to seek to understand what the other person is talking about and by and you do that by asking questions we say it all the time ask so what i hear you saying is or do i understand what you're saying by repeating back to them what you have heard and really just making sure that you're picking up what they're putting down yeah that's very good my, my wife has really taught me or challenged me to grow in this area because i saw her i've seen her kind of live that out in all aspects, not just with us, but even in just friend conversations or something, just saying, so what I hear you saying is this, or I have a, a friend in our Bible study group I'm a part of, actually Harlan does that a lot when we're just going through different things. And I see that it works and it allows us to just be clear on what we're trying to say in a kind of free and non-judgmental way. Okay, no, I'm not really saying that, but this is what I meant. It allows that, the understanding to really be clear mm -hmm. so that we can actually see the, the perspective of the person and take it in. So I think that's definitely something for sure. And I think when we're asking questions, it's not about asking them just to ask them or keep the conversation going, if that makes sense. But it's really to hone in on what the person is saying so that you can, if there's, if there needs to be good feedback, you can give the best feedback that you can. Yeah. And, and it shows that you're actually interested in what they're saying, that you're yeah. actually truly listening. And that's huge. I, I think that I've witnessed that, especially at work when, you know what, I'll give you a prime example. One of okay. the interviews I went through, I actually commended the interviewer for basically saying back to me almost verbatim, if not verbatim, one of my points that I was trying to make in the interview because they ask deep dive questions, we'll say. They ask mm -hmm. for specific examples and I gave that to her. And I think what it was, oh, my uh, big hairy audacious goal. My big hairy audacious goal is what I was sharing mm -hmm. with her. And within seconds, she gave it right back to me as I had said it. That's what happened. And I was kind of set back. I was like, you are a good listener <laughs> because you, yeah. you know what I mean? But it, it's very important in all aspects of life. But as we're talking about marriage here, if you can give that to your spouse, that's, uh, 
I don't know, man. That's number one in my book. Yeah, when it happened, like when it happened to you, it felt great. More how you felt, right? Yeah, it felt great, man. I felt like, man, I could really work for this person and feel heard, and not just think if I were to bring a topic of some sort of concern at work, then had they actually listened to me? Are they going Mm -hmm. to take what I said under advisement? Are they, you know, going to act on this or that? She was. Making direct eye contact, which is a big part of it as well. All I can really say is it made me feel really good to be heard, you know. And it, yeah. and I think especially because it was something that was so important to me. And as I'm speaking, she's nodding her head, basically signifying that she was understanding what I was saying. Yeah, that was the best. Yeah. And what she was doing was like just allowing you to feel in all aspects, not just what you're saying, but she was showing you by the nodding your head and all that, just using nonverbal cues that she was she was in to what you're saying and that that is the next key that we're talking about is just to be able to observe the nonverbal cues that are going on within obviously what you're saying is that really made an impact and allowed you to feel like she was listening as we have these conversations we need to be able to give those nonverbal cues but also receive them from the person we're talking to so checking body language checking facial expressions if they're if they're tense anything like if they're like little beads of sweat you know (laughs) on their head like all those things are definitely important are there any other body language uh, things that you might yeah i might have missed i think on the opposite side of it i'm thinking that as much as you want to observe them be careful of what body language that you're portraying. So if you are maybe like slumping or looking away, do you roll your eyes? Mm -hmm. Do you make little smirks when people talk? If if they're saying something and you have a thought, you know, this is ridiculous. Then you give that little smirk. Like as much as you may feel like you haven't done it, those cues are very easy to pick up. And if you're like slouching, you might be portraying that you're disinterested in what they're talking about. Basically just staying upright maybe even leaning in a little bit to show that you're mm-hmm. interested in what's going on or what's being spoken about are all cues that you can pick up and also portray. So I think that's important to talk about. Yeah. And I think knowing your partner is important in this situation because example for me, when I am uncomfortable or if there's a topic, cause I'm not always, I'm not the person that goes looking for confrontation in communication. So like I'll have this smirk, nervous smile so in the beginning of our relationship you can imagine that wasn't always the best when topics were serious or she was pouring her heart about something or explaining something that wasn't so good and I'm like nervously smiling or smirking or just something that I may have done to just tick her off and it's like how are you smiling like this you know what like I'm trying to talk and you got this look on your face and all that but in talking through that I had to let her know like super uncomfortable when i get uncomfortable this is what i do i'm not even trying to do it like i'm really listening like i really see what you're saying so coupled that smirk with my silence as far as i don't usually do well at verbal communication or i didn't when we first got married so you can imagine someone giving a a smirky smile in a serious conversation would not go over well but talking through that's like you said how you learn stuff playing poker the hand i kind of tell my hand like oh i'm nervous and this is crazy but yeah so just that's knowing your partner and like walking through that with her she understands that i'm not being disrespectful and i'm not trying to downplay what's going on but that's just a default that happens and then we can walk through it and i gave her 
I worked on that face, but also gave her the grace that she could call that out when that's happening mm. so I can change my face to help her stay focused on what she's saying. That makes sense. That's good. Now, I will say this. I've had the smirk work in a positive manner, right? Let's say my wife is nervous about telling me something, like when she was pregnant for the first time. Obviously, that was before we were married, as you so now our listeners know, but ultimately, <laughs> she was nervous to tell me. And I had an inkling already that she was pregnant, so I was like almost mentally prepared for it. But as she's telling me, I started to smirk because I, like, again, I expected it. But I also wanted her to know that, like, it wasn't going to affect me in the negative way that she thought mm -hmm. it might. I think in that scenario, it was a good tool for me to help put her at ease in that topic. And then obviously I followed it up with words of encouragement and words of confirmation that I loved her and whatever we needed to do to take care of the baby was you know, going to be what we were going to do. You know, that's just a good way the smirk could work for you. Yeah. No, that's good because I, I think your smirk um, was a nonverbal cue, but it also you were aware of like how she felt and like the emotions that she may have had, which could take could take a topic or a conversation one way or the other. So that's definitely a key to being a good listener is being aware of the emotions that may or may not come up within that conversation or that topic and then managing managing those however you guys go through that, especially interpersonally like really seeing if your spouse is highly charged and really emotionally invested in the topic, really being aware of that and seeing couples with the nonverbal cues, like how, how their voice is inflecting, you know, how demonstrative they are. All those things come into play with being aware of the emotions and also the history of the topic. If it's something good, something bad, something positive, something negative, just being aware of all the emotions that may come with that. And I think that's super important as well. Yeah. And then last on the list here, I have avoid inserting your own agenda. What does that mean to you? I think we should just uh, discuss that a little bit. Yeah, I think that means we, these, the way that we learn to communicate and be a good listener, air quotes, are kind of blanket statements of giving examples of the same same situation or you know say you know i understand that and this is i went through that sometimes and then you kind of just bleh out your experience if someone is coming to you either hurting or really just wanting an ear to hear but then you overtake the conversation with your experience or your understanding that can definitely turn turn someone off because all they want they really just wanted to hear let you finish or sorry they just wanted to let themselves finish their situation get it all off their chest maybe but then now you've as the listener have overtaken the conversation inserted yourself and it now goes from being about them and what they wanted to talk to being about you and what you've experienced so i think that and it's not even something that we do on purpose. It's just a conversational habit that we have. So a lot of us do that, but I've seen that play out. And even sometimes I see in conversations, just observing, I'm like, man, like they really have more to say, but now what was brought up by the quote unquote listener has now changed the dynamic of the entire, the way the conversation was going. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes it might stem from being taught to 
build rapport with someone. You want to mm-hmm. let them know that, oh, yeah, I absolutely understand what you're talking about because I went mm-hmm. through this and da 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 right? But you really have to be careful in the scenarios that we're talking about mm-hmm. of just being an active listener, you know, because you... I guess what we're really trying to get across here is that if you are showing someone that you are there to listen, you don't necessarily have to tell them about your experience with the thing unless they ask for it. That's good. And if if you're wanting to share your experience, that's okay, but make sure that they have fully been given the space to express everything that they need to express, like you've said. And then I think then it's okay to talk a little bit about, especially if you're going to try to put yourself in the area of giving advice on something, mm-hmm. then tell them, this is why I would give this advice because I've gone through X, Y, and Z before. But then also with your wife, be careful about that topic of uh, giving advice because <laughs> typically that's not what they're looking for <laughs> when they're bringing a subject up to you. Yeah, for sure. And that goes back to knowing your spouse and knowing what they need in that moment. And Sometimes it's good, and I think we talked about this in the in an earlier episode, was just saying, what do you need from me right now as we're going to talk? Do you need just someone to listen, to hear what's going on, or do you need a solution? Because a lot of times we can go into problem-solving mode and mm-hmm. be like, okay, yeah, you should just do this, and it'll be all great. When they're like, oh, yeah, like I already know, like it's already solved. I just wanted to tell you about it. Right. You know? right. <laughs> and you're like, oh, and then sometimes it's even, yeah, my solution was better than yours. Not them saying that, but them saying, oh, yeah, I did this to solve it. And you're like, oh, that's actually great. I didn't even think of that. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely know what they need, man. And I think one thing that I wanted to mention as well as far as inserting your own agenda is, mm-hmm. and I know this has happened to me personally, but when you see that someone has a habit of doing that, you tend not to go back to them. So you absolutely in your relationship want to be very careful about that because I can only imagine that if a wife is not feeling heard because every time she comes to you with something, you want to give advice, insert your own agenda, as we're saying, you know, and maybe even go as far as, excuse me, redirecting the conversation. Like, why now am I going to come talk to you about these things? I'm just... Mm -hmm. You know, going to go talk to my friends now or and that could really put some strain on your relationship if you're I don't want to say eliminating, but I want to say maybe restricting the the lines of open communication. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So what else do you got on being a good listener? Anything you want to retouch on or? Yeah, I think as you were talking about inserting your own agenda, I think a way to I think one of the ways or action steps that you can start if you're like, man, I'm not that great of a listener or I thought I was a great listener, but now hearing this has changed my mind on some things that I need to do. I think a good action step would be to listen to, I think, listening to understand or seek to understand and a way to not insert your own agenda is always to sometime within that, ask the question, what I hear you saying is, because if you're listening in to gather data, to be able to give them back what you think you're saying. That kind of helps you to listen, to understand. That helps you to not insert your own agenda because the first thing you're trying to do is make sure that they know that you heard them. So I think that's one of the best best ways to start with your being a, a good listener is to make sure that when you're speaking with your your wife that you are able to give her back what you think she said. And then even when you do that gives a question for her to 
make sure what she's saying was actually what she was trying to say. And then her follow-up question would probably lean toward what she needs, whether it's just listening or if there's advice to be given. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So you got any last thoughts or any other thing on this? Just retouching on the, because we spoke about body language, just being mindful of what body language that you are portraying. Yeah. And I, that really takes some awareness and practice. I remember going through some modeling training and it's so easy for us to lose our posture and slouch because it, it feels more comfortable just to be more mm-hmm. relaxed. So I remember being in this class and literally for an hour straight having to have my shoulders back, my, my, my chest up and my back straight and without a seat back, holding that posture for the entire class. Now, I don't, I'm not trying to say that is something you need to, to do to portray that you're a good listener, but right. I think that might be a good practice. Maybe if you're at a desk for work all day, a good practice in just being body aware. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And then if that is something that you can practice by being body aware, when you get into a situation where you need to be listening and you could then more easily be mindful of, oh yeah, I'm slouching. Maybe I should, you know, lean in a little bit and be careful of what you're doing in your hands. A lot of the things they say to be aware of, like when you're in an, in an uh, interview, I think would be beneficial in your relationship as well as you're trying to show that you're a good listener. Yeah, that's actually good advice there. One more thing as far as listening and kind of an action step as well. There is a relationship coach and author named Susan uh, Quilliam. And in her guide, Stop Arguing and Start Talking, she talks about setting aside 10 minutes, um, 10 minutes a day just to for you and your spouse to listen to each other and setting alarm for five minutes and then just letting the other person just talk. Hmm. So that's uninterrupted time for them to say whatever. And this is just a good practice so you can get used to not inserting yourself and getting used to observing the body language, getting used to just being attentive to your partner when they're speaking. So if you, if your, you know, spouse has said that you may not be the best listener, or you feel like you want to improve on your listening, you can bring that up with her. And I think that'd be great. I would say most spouses would be like, sure, let's, you know, do this for 10 minutes and then really be open and really be excited about you wanting to become a better listener. And I think for me, when I read that, I was like, man, I should probably try this because uh, a lot of times our world is so fast now Mm. and we're doing so many things like to sit down and say, all right, let's take 10 minutes just to listen. And you may debrief every day with your wife anyway, but just bringing that up, this is what I would like to do. And let's try this so that we can improve, even if you're already feel like you guys are in a good place as far as listening and communicating, but there's always ways that we can be better. And you think that may be something to do. So literally just set a timer, five minutes for her, five minutes for you next day, flip it. Maybe you go first, she goes second, whatever works for um, you guys as a couple, but that's a good action step as well. Yeah. And I think within that, if you're going to practice that, be mindful of the time of day you're doing it, especially if you have children. Mm -hmm. For me and my wife, the easiest time for us to talk is when the kids are in bed. So that's something, you know, that we'll typically do. Like when we get home, we'll share 
a little bit about our day. But if we have some serious things to talk about, it typically happens before we go to bed. And I think that's another thing too, is just being mindful of making sure if you can to completely settle those topics before you go to bed, it'll help you sleep mm -hmm. a little easily, uh, more right. easily. As they say, don't go to bed angry and all those things, but just try to be mindful of those things and, you know, give your wife that relief of unloading everything that she needs to unload mm -hmm. and giving back to her what she needs is key. And I think understanding time of day as well and situ uh, situations like say if you're your spouse or you work like at hectic times during the month, really be understanding like if it's like accounting season and it's like around the 15th and your wife or spouse is an accountant, that might not be the best time to try to have deep conversations if they're tired or it's really stressful at work. And you know that in general, mm -hmm. just talk about those times and how to be, how you can support them in listening around those times as well, I think might be something you want to do as well. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode. We hope that it was beneficial to you. If it was in any way, shape, or form, please just reach out. You can like, rate, subscribe, send a, leave a comment on our website, and that'd be great for us to know and let us know that we're um, going on the right track. But until next time, this is Paul signing off. And this is Brian. We will talk to you next time.